Hey guys and ghouls, I'm Katie Tool, And I'm Sean Reedy. And welcome to Friday Night Frights. Welcome to our second <laughs> jump scare <Ooh>. mini-sode. <laughs> Tonight we're going to be talking about creepy Christmas creatures. Say it ten times fast, I dare you. Ten? Ten. It's a lot of recording time. Okay. <laughs> okay, five. Five? Yeah. Okay. Creepy Christmas creatures, creepy Christmas creatures, creepy Christmas creatures, creepy Christmas creatures, creepy Christmas creatures. Oh! Wow. Okay. I would like to confirm that that was one take. That was one take. Like, that was the that first was... time I did that. Yep. And I did it. Ten is... out of ten. <clears throat> Kate is here to fuck it up. <laughs> anyway. Um... <laughs> So yeah, so I have been doing some research on the origins of the Christmas holiday and also some just truly bizarre things that people around the world um, do at Christmas or believe, uh, you know, sort of creatures mostly that people believe in during Christmas. Obviously, last week we had our Krampus episode. Krampus is by far the most famous, at least Mm -hmm. in America, of the um, sort of darker side of Christmas um, lore, right? Uh, but there are plenty more. And the movie notwithstanding, because as we mentioned in the episode, the movie makes him a little more vicious than he tends to yes. be in the original lore. Some of them are really that bad. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So it'd be fun. Um, the Christmas season sort of lends itself to spookiness. When Sean and I decided to do a Christmas-themed horror movie every week in December, we were kind of shocked when we started listing Christmas-themed horror movies and discovered just how many of them there are. Mm -hmm. It's... I think that you could argue that there are actually more Christmas-themed horror movies than Halloween-themed horror movies. Just about, yeah, actually. It, like, if not more... I would say I would say probably more, yes. More. Like, at least even. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, outside of the Halloween franchise mm-hmm. and, like, Trick or Treat, I mean, what other ones are, are set on Halloween? There aren't that many. Yeah. I mean, there are silly ones like Hocus Pocus and... Right. Like, kids, kids ones. But, like, mm-hmm. in terms of serious, actual horror movies... Mm-hmm. That are supposed to be scary. Mm-hmm. I think there are more about Christmas. Right. And I know that we'll talk about it uh, like later this week for an actual full length episode. Mm-hmm. But it just just to tie it in because this movie that we're talking about next is actually considered the first horror movie that is directly a part of a holiday season. That is true. And that would be Black Christmas. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like this does predate Halloween. Oh, yeah. By four years. Yeah. So Halloween would be heavily inspired by this. Oh, yeah. You could see it. Oh, well, I mean, everything. <laughs> yeah. Everything made after this. Well, okay, we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about it next episode. Right. Don't Which you we You're are here. recording in like half an hour as soon as we're done with this one. But <laughs> that's how we roll. Anyway. Um, this is how. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no real song, Sean. <laughs> but... The Christmas season does lend itself to spookiness very well mm-hmm. because it is dark, it is cold, right? We're in we're in the throes of winter mm-hmm. and we're trapped inside. We're trapped inside, which is pre- 
particularly a problem this year. Yes. <laughs> During COVID. Right. It's particularly is... terrifying. Right. The holiday itself is a hodgepodge of traditions that many of which date back thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yes, Christmas is a Christian holiday, right. but it goes beyond that, right? It is also a sort of global cultural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Like, there are people who are not at all Christian who still celebrate Christmas. And the celebration in midwinter predates Christianity by thousands of years absolutely right um generally in pagan traditions the celebration um centered around the solstice Mm -hmm. right the winter solstice because that was the point that the days started getting longer again so the the darkest days of winter were over even though if you live in michigan that is not true not but (laughs) not even remotely no december is the most pleasant part of winter in michigan (laughs) and then there's another Four months. <laughs> of pure hell. Of crap. Yeah, so. <laughs> but apparently, you know, that's not not the case uh, everywhere. I mean, it's fair. We get that good old lake effect. We do. We do. We are. <laughs> there's a lot of water around. What can you expect, expect from a state shaped as a mitten? Mm-hmm. Not much warmth. Not much warmth. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to name a few, obviously, in Scandinavia, there was the Yule Festival that went from the winter solstice as long as that log burned, right? Mm-hmm. Traditionally, Yule lasted around 12 days. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Right? Hmm. So there was also the Roman Festival of Saturnalia, and really that possibly has the greatest influence on Christmas because... Christianity, at its origins, was a a Roman mystery cult, right? Like, Christianity grew out of the Roman Empire. Um, you know, as anyone who knows the story of, of the life of Christ, right? Like, he was, um, he was living in the Roman Empire. It's right. the Romans that arrested him, right? Um, so, the co-opting of Christianity by the Romans in the 4th century CE um, is what really kind of cemented Christianity's fate to become a, like, global superpower of a religion. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes sense that a lot of their traditions were absorbed into Christianity. So Saturnalia was a festival that lasted from around the winter solstice for like a month and it was raucous it was like um it was celebrating the god saturn right and it was just like this wild party and like the world turned upside down like the slaves because rome had slaves the slaves could be masters Mm -hmm. and the peasants could be like could act like rich men and so everything was kind of flipped on its head right there was another Roman mystery cult um, that rivaled Christianity in popularity until the Romans officially adopted Christianity um, that was dedicated to the god Mithras, which was originally a Persian like Zoroastrian god that then sort of got filtered down into the Romans. And his feast festival day, whatever you want to call it, right, was celebrated on the day of his birth, hmm. which 
was December 25th. Hmm. Right? Um, the Germanic god Odin, who also had a, uh, you know, festival right there in the middle of winter mm-hmm. to pay tribute, uh, was thought to fly through the sky at night observing the people to see if they were behaving themselves. You know, he saw you when you're sleeping. He knew when you were awake. So it really is fascinating to go through these um, sort of ancient traditions and see how many of them have survived in different forms. Right. Even to this day. (laughs) Christmas has also been like controversial for its entire existence. Right. Like if you think about now how there is every single goddamn year, like controversy over what is the quote unquote proper way to celebrate Christmas. This is not new. It has happened the entirety of the holiday. The Puritans, for example, um, did not believe that Christmas should be celebrated. They, They did not believe that it was they did not believe that that's when Christ was born. A. Mm hmm. Which. Actually, they were probably right because not a lot of shepherds in the field in December, but they recognized that there were a lot of other traditions mixed in there and being Puritans, they didn't like that. Right. Right. And often because Christmas grew out of these like Yule and Saturnalia and all of those pagan traditions, it was a wild party. Think of the craziest office Christmas party you've ever gone to. Mm-hmm. And then imagine the entire empire did that. That was Saturnalia for a month. Goddamn. That was Saturnalia. And there were regularly Christmas riots <laughs> back in the day, like in the early 19th century mm-hmm. in the United States. There were Christmas riots because people would get so smashed that they would eventually just start breaking shit and voila riot our conception of christmas as like a warm family friendly time of like peace and love and gathering Mm -hmm. was flat out invented in the 19th century yeah 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 like Mm-hmm. It, that version of Christmas simply did not exist mm-hmm. before people like Washington Irving or Charles Dickens. Clement Clark Moore, who wrote, it's actually called an account from a, an account of a visit from St. Nicholas, basically invented our shared concept of mm-hmm. Santa Claus. The American image of like, a jolly, rotund man in a red suit being Santa Claus is pretty much exclusively American. In other parts of the world, uh, he looks much more traditional and he's much closer to the original St. Nicholas. He was born in what is now Turkey in the third century and he ended up uh, converting to Christianity giving up his wealth and traveling as a missionary, eventually becoming associated with um, charity and children. So St. Nicholas is the patron saint of children. The feast day of St. Nicholas is December 6th, 
which we talked about during the Krampus episode when we talked about how we really should have released Krampus two weeks earlier. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's beside the point. <laughs> it is, in fact, beside the point. So it makes sense that this is the man who would become Santa Claus. Right. Right. Like we said in the Krampus episode, in the U.S., Santa doles out both reward and punishment. Mm -hmm. The punishment is really pretty tame. Yeah. Basically, you just don't get presents. Right. You get coal. Which, if you think about when Santa, the like image of Santa was invented back in the 19th century, wasn't even that bad of a thing because that meant that you could have like fuel for your home. So like instead of getting a toy, you got something practical. Like right. that that's your punishment for being a bad kid. How dare you? You get warmth, you're welcome. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking brat. Be warmer. <laughs> Cold hearted bitch. <laughs> In Central and Eastern Europe, um, one article described it, and I think this was a very like apt way of describing it because it kind of explains like the connection between all of these places, is that these are the former lands of the Holy Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Or the immediately adjacent lands that were influenced culturally by the Holy Roman Empire. Now, the Holy Roman Empire was a very, very loose, right, entity. It's it's not like it was like a really solid, rock solid culture. But it does it does help to illustrate why there's so many similarities between a lot of these places. Right. Right. Um, so, of course, we have Krampus. Mm -hmm. Right. How about Krampus's, um, I don't know, sister? Frau Perchta, which I think actually was what they called, I think Perchta is what they called the little angel. Oh, really? In Krampus. Like, I think that was her official name. Mm -hmm. The one that was attacking everybody. I think they were calling her Perchta. So that was obviously a reference to this right. character. Um, Frau Perchta is one of those who would straight up murder you if you were bad. Like. Cute. She's a witch. Mm-hmm. Um, Austria and Bavaria, right? So, like, Austria and, like, part of Germany. Mostly is where she hangs oh. out. And um, oh. um, if you don't behave yourself as a child in, say, Austria or Bavaria, Frau Persia will literally disembowel you and stuff your body with straw. Oh, what so a gift. That's, that's good, clean holiday fun. Mm -hmm. Let's go up to Iceland, where Gryla lives. Gryla is a giant ogre. Okay. who during Christmas time um, emerges to hunt for children so that she can make them into a stew and eat them. Mm. Uh, she has the, uh, she has 13 and one of the articles I got, oh, I got most of my information from uh, the guardian and history.com for this, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, and the guardian article <laughs> Describe these as her 13 large adult sons, which made me laugh really, really hard. Uh, they are called the Yule Lads. The Yule Lads are sort of like, they just run around and cause basic mischief, right? And then there's the Yule Cat. The Yule Cat is a massive black cat who walks around Iceland. And apparently back in Iceland, apparently in Iceland back in the day, what children got for Christmas was largely clothing, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it, I mean, clothing used to be much more of a luxury item than it is now. Yes. Like, e even your your basic, like, you know, normal everyday clothing 
was much more of a luxury than it is now. So you would get, you would get clothes for Christmas. And if you were good, you got clothes for Christmas. And so that was your present. And that's what you had to show the Yule cat that you got clothes because you were good. Or it would eat you. There's a lot of eating. There's a lot of eating. There's a lot of straight up disemboweling and or eating children. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my favorite part of the Yule cat thing. If you didn't get new clothes, you might be able to get away with like laying out your old clothes and hoping that like they still looked nice enough that the Yule cat thought they were new clothes. So basically this is just like a monster who's judging your fashion choices. <laughs> Wandering around Iceland eating children. <laughs> and like... I ask you, and this is like, if, if this doesn't tell you that, that these traditions are pulled from our art, that if this doesn't tell you that these traditions are drawn from many wells, tell me what about any of that has anything to do with fucking Christmas. Literally nothing. Nothing. Right? Merry Christmas. Your galoshes are old. I'm going to eat you. Right. <laughs> galoshes. Those, those galoshes are so two years ago. Oh my God. The audacity. <laughs> you are not making it work. <laughs> <laughs> when you get to France, things get real interesting. Now, I should say that most of France was never part of the Holy Roman Empire. I think that mm -hmm. Alsace-Lorraine, because, you know, Germany and France have, like, thrown Alsace-Lorraine back and forth like a hot potato for the last couple of centuries, for the last couple of, like, millennia. Um, I think Alsace-Lorraine was at one point part of the lands of the Holy Roman Empire, but France proper never was. Um, so this is more of like the influence type thing. But all the characters that we've gone over so far, including Krampus, are all supernatural, right? Like he's a goat man and Gryla's an ogre and the cat is a cat, right? When you get to France, there are two in particular companions for St. Nicholas who at least at one point were human. Hmm. One of them was Hans Trapp. And he is sort of um, confined to the Alsace-Lorraine area. And he... He was a cannibal, according to lore, right? I mean, like, we say real people with quotes, obviously. Well, of course. Right. But they were at least supposed to be humans, real humans at one point. Apparently, he was a very rich man who was known for his greed and his cruelty, and he was also um, a warlock, right? Like, he used witchcraft, and he made deals with the devil to maintain his wealth. Mm-hmm. He was excommunicated from the church, so he lost that wealth and his social standing, at which point he started roaming the countryside disguised as a scarecrow. And then... I hate that. <laughs> and then... He started... eating people. He lured a shepherd boy into the woods... Killed him, cooked him, and ate him. He was then struck by lightning. Because God was like, uh-uh. <laughs> I go have it. So now, that Hans Tropp has been killed, he returns at Christmas. Because his story screams Christmas. And hunts for children to eat. Again. 
But wait, there's one more. <laughs> and it also involves cannibalism. Beautiful. Also in France, and like Belgium, Switzerland, like that, that whole area, there is a character called Père Fautard. Mm-hmm. Père Fautard means um, the whipping father or father whip. Okay. Obviously, his story varies, right? Mm-hmm. But in most... Um, in most versions, he was a butcher. And a, a well-to-do butcher. But part of the reason he was so well-to-do is because he and his wife were kidnapping, robbing, and murdering rich children. Who they would then cut up and hide in salting barrels and sell as meat. Oh, God. Like Sweeney Todd. Right. Right? Clearly. Christmas all over it. Now, this at least does have a connection to a Christmas character because the idea is that he was stopped by St. Nicholas himself. That St. Nicholas discovered these Mm. crimes and actually resurrected the children. And then either, depending on which version of the story you're hearing, St. Nicholas forced Père Foutard to be his, like, slave, essentially, Mm -hmm. as punishment or as repentance, Père Fautard offered to be his slave. He was the head elf. He's the head elf. That's the head elf. <laughs> Good shit. Um, and so now he just like follows Santa around, like dealing with the problem children. Mainly mm-hmm. by whipping them. He doesn't eat them, but mainly by, by whipping them. That, right. Hence the name, Father Whip. Mm-hmm. So yeah, pretty horrifying. That's just a few. Uh, a very Santa Claus-like character in Japan has eyes in the back of his head so he can see you at all times. No, thank you. I'm not kidding. Then, of course, there are the elves, mm-hmm. right? So in Krampus, when we talked about the scene where, you know, my, my favorite scene where <laughs> Omi just says elves in a completely deadpan voice and then they burst through the window, um, the Christmas elves are, like, derived, like, they're very nice. Our version is very nice. Mm-hmm. And, like, fun and happy and they're making toys for us. But they are absolutely derived from the old world version of elves who were at best ambiguous morally, right? Like, they were on their best behavior mischievous, Mm -hmm. if not outright nefarious, right? So even our, like, Santa's helpers stem from this tradition. Which makes sense because a lot of a, a lot of sort of American Christmas traditions were actually like started by German immigrants, so it makes sense that like right. these sort of central European um these central European traditions have have seeped into ours. Mm-hmm. Um but it really is it's just fascinating because almost none of these have anything to do with Christmas. Right. Like and it again I know I said, I said that, you know, as I said a few minutes ago, it's like, this is how you can really tell beyond, you know, people talk about people burning the Yule log Mm -hmm. and like the Christmas tree as these, uh, as these pieces of evidence that Christmas traditions are actually drawn from pre-Christian origins. Nowhere is that more evident and obvious than in these, you know, dark santa's helpers because there is there is there is nothing pertaining to christianity about any of them right 
right? But they're all like deeply tied to uh, more ancient rites and rituals on the European continent. And I'm sure that uh, if we expanded our, our view to other parts of the world, we would find other, um, we would find other crazy creatures that people have co-opted from their indigenous cultures into Christianity to celebrate with Christmas. Um, but this is supposed to be a mini episode. So I kept it mostly <laughs> to central Europe, to Wait. those that are most closely related to Krampus since we just did that movie. So, but yeah, there are your creepy Christmas creatures. I love them. Mm-hmm. We hope you enjoyed this weeknight bite. Join us Friday nights for the big frights. We'll be celebrating with Black Christmas. The movie that kicked off the dark holiday trend. 